At the weekend, the Archbishop of Canterbury will place the solid gold, jewel-encrusted, 350-year-old St Edward's crown on the head of King Charles III. Charles will also accept the ancient symbols of monarchy, a scepter and an orb representing religious and moral authority. The coronation is a constitutional event, but it's also deeply religious, traditionally Anglican. For a monarch who presides over a multicultural, multi-faith Britain and Commonwealth, this raises questions. In this special edition of the program, we'll explore these issues. Let's start, though, with an insight into the man himself. Simon Woolley is a close friend of King Charles. He's a member of the House of Lords and principal of Homerton College, Cambridge. He's the first black man to head an Oxford or Cambridge college. He ran Operation Black Vote, a civil rights organisation. And he forged a friendship when Charles was Prince of Wales and Britain was in despair over racial injustice. So what does Lord Woolley think the coronation should look like? I think people need to see themselves when they come to a 21st century coronation of the king in all aspects of music and faiths and colour. There's a great canvas for the king and the palace to demonstrate who we are in the 21st century. I've never put on a ceremony like this. This is a ceremony like no other. (laughs) You know, lots of pomp and lots of extravagance. But I think you've got to be creative. You need a creative director that is able to use the canvas and colour and not just an archaic pomp, which arcs back to a very much a bygone era. A little island culture with empire imbued and dominance of the empire. We can no longer have that type of coronation because we've moved on. Do you think an hereditary monarchy can really ever be truly diverse? They have to reflect the views. You know, I do think in terms of the king representing all people in this country is an acknowledgement that we are a multicultural society. Now, there's arguments raging on whether or not we should have a monarchy. But there is something to be said about something being beyond party politics which in this country, like in the United States and many other countries, has become very tribal and very toxic. And sometimes you need that a level that is beyond that to bring people together. You're an example, by the way, of someone who is well beyond party politics. You've worked with politicians on all sides. Tell me how you became a friend of King Charles. How did you first meet I'd met him many years ago in a ceremonial, I guess, state when he comes by and shakes someone's hands and moves on. But in terms of a, a friendship, it, it was by accident, really at the height of the Black Lives Matter, when I was speaking on radio stations like yours and TV and conferences, saying that we need national leadership to acknowledge the depth of pain and inequity. Out of the blue, I got a call from Clarence House asking for a meeting. And I thought it would be over Zoom, as a matter of fact. <laughs> it, we were just coming out of lockdown. And he said, no, can you come to my house? And when I went into his house in Clarence's house, there was a place in his house where he has formal meetings. And he said, no, could you come to my private quarters? You know, So it was really very personal. We were due to speak for about 30, 40 minutes. We spent two and a half hours chatting, like I am to you. Yeah. 
during that conversation, there was lots of shared interests, a shared passions about how essentially we can make our country and the world a better place. That was the basis of our friendship. Mm. Lord Woolley, the Black Lives Matter protests across the world were quite understandably rather angry at times. But what do you think then Prince Charles saw going on beneath the anger? I think back then when he was the prince saw the pain, the raw pain of decades of people viewing them less than and seeing that they were not afforded the opportunity that a society should, that they deserve. And he was struck and moved by that. What I viewed was a man who had always wanted purpose in his life. Purpose around the environment was his his big passion, but purpose around his people. And he couldn't stay quiet and he couldn't stay on the sidelines. So he asked me, having heard me say that the Black Lives Matter protest, the death of George Floyd and COVID and the way that it disproportionately affected black and brown people ought to be a catalyst for the biggest, greatest conversations this country has ever had. And he agreed. And he said, how can I help? And what did you tell him? I mean, how can he help? How can he help now as king? When I said then and I say now, but one of the big roles that a prince and a king can have particularly in that non-party political space, is be the facilitator-in-chief of great conversations. I said to him, you should call Lewis Hamilton and Anthony Joshua and, and the big business leaders and sit around the table and say, look at the power, look at the intellect, look at the passion in this room. Collectively, we can do great things. What are we going to do? He agreed. He literally said to me, I mean, I see myself as a relative nobody, I mean, you know, I'm an activist and I want to do great things. But he said to me, use me, use me as a conduit to bring people together, to have conversations, to raise aspirations and move the dial. It's very humble of you to say you're a relative nobody. I don't think anyone looking at your resume would say that. But what did King Charles say to you that also indicated a willingness, maybe even a readiness to confront the terrible aspects of British colonialism. Yeah. On that, along with many other issues, the starting point, which he wholeheartedly agrees, is to have adult conversations. And when you think that you are the recipient of the enslavement of my descendants and great resources, that's a tough conversation to have. You can't hurtle into it because it's laden with bear traps. But you have to have an acknowledgement that you have to have those conversations. They're uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable. There could be ramifications. But you can't deny history. History is what it is. The only question is, is that whether you choose to ignore it, and particularly how has history influenced the present structures that lock people out? that fail to give people dignity. And so it's not just about knowing what occurred in the past, but how it's influenced the institutions that continue to deliver gross inequity today. Mm. What does he and the institution need to give up? I think the starting point is have the conversation. How do we rebuild our institutions to deliver greater equity now? 
Does that include giving up and or restructuring our major, major institutions? And also as well that reflecting that, for example, Africa cannot be the resource-rich continent that it is and still be on its knees without changing global institutions. The king can't do that, of course, but we can have conversations about global inequity that keeps the resource-rich continent of Africa on its knees. Much of Africa, by the way, is part of the Commonwealth, the old empire. Is it too romantic, Lord Woolley, to think of that Commonwealth today still as some sort of family? I know the late Queen cherished the Commonwealth and she cherished the idea of equality among all peoples of the Commonwealth. But is it too romantic an idea today? I would put romanticism aside and say, what can you do with a Commonwealth of countries? That's a more productive, effective question to ask. It is most definitely no longer a British empire. That's the starting point. But you've got a golden thread towards all these countries and particularly the African countries, and with insight, but also cooperation from other global entities that we say, how can Africa compete and uh, be a continent that can interact with other continents on a fairer basis? Because at the moment, we don't have that. Their platform that the Commonwealth gives us is a unique platform. The only question is whether or not it can be used to challenge the status quo. Lord Simon Woolley, Principal of Homerton College, Cambridge, and a friend of the King. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.